This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovic. I love Billy. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. We are back on a Tuesday. It's on the block with Stricken Bach, and it's the water, our ticket water cooler segment here with Big Sky for an hour until Strickland, the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet, joins us. Plenty to talk about today, and a few guests as well. 325 just around the corner. Brian Munson uh, will join us, and we can kind of talk about all the latest additions to the Husker football team. It's uh, It's been a lot over this weekend, and, uh, you know, some additions, some subtractions, uh, so we'll catch up on all of that. Also, Chris Bassett, the Lincoln Journal star, will join us at 425 um, to, to kind of cover the Nebraska basketball team, which is uh, something we'll start off with uh, here pretty soon, too. But, uh, you know, as far as that open goes, uh, it, it is uh, at, at one point I did say that I love Billy C. Of course, that's somewhat mocking, um, if you remember Joe Daly, the quarterback at the time, saying that he supported Billy C., which was his head coach. <laughs> and so uh, at the time, you probably don't want to call your head coach Billy C. That's not a, a very endearing way to, to 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 name them. But obviously, soon after that, Joe Daly was gone. But still, in my hearts and in my memory, I will I'll always love Billy C., and I'll always love uh, Joe Daly referencing that. I wanted to ask you, Big Sky, because you're a little bit younger. You didn't really go through the Billy C. era. Um, if I remember correctly, you just kind of uh, – it was kind of 2009 was – more than when you really started to jump in it, it would have been football it would have been year one Pelini in the uh, Gator Bowl yeah. okay yeah so uh so as as a non somebody that didn't really live through the Billy C era it's kind of funny because in, in even with Zach Taylor there's been kind of debates about it on Twitter is that you know Zach Taylor doesn't seem to get as much of the Husker love as he probably should and maybe it's just because it reminds folks of the Bill Callahan era since Bill Callahan um, came and wrecked the program, as people would say or get frustrated about, um, certainly never really paid too much attention to the details, the the walk-on pro- program, the kind of stuff that, that we felt made Nebraska special. He kind of wanted to change it and make it his own. Um, but now since then, obviously Mike Riley's had a worse tenure. Scott Frost has had a worse tenure. Uh, if, as you look back on the Billy C. tenure, not having lived through it and just hearing about it, would you still kind of do you still kind of have the same vitriol, the same type of thoughts uh, as many, many of the Huskers that just can't stand? It's almost a curse word to say Bill Callahan in this state. I actually feel a bit of more of a uh, a feeling of nostalgia when I think back about Billy C. Because uh, that would have been the time that I started paying attention and actually can name some of the players. I believe Joe Gans was a quarterback oh, while yeah. Bill Callahan was here. Uh, Nate Swift was a wide receiver while Callahan was here. And those are the two of the biggest names that I remember from uh, just like starting to pay attention to the Huskers. Uh, the first NCAA football game I played, uh, significantly, those two guys were the best players on Nebraska, and there was one route you could run with Nate Swift that he would catch every time for 25 yards. It was automatic. <laughs> and so uh, Joe Gans and uh, Nate Swift were were two guys that I, I always come to mind when I think of Husker football. And then I also like to read about the uh, absolute insane things that happened while uh, Bill Callahan was here, like the Josh Freeman debacle. 
Oh yeah. Uh, that's incredibly entertaining and it's those kinds of things that I just discovered randomly during my uh, free period in high school when I would look Nebra- uh, look up Nebraska football and you get way too into recruiting. So <laughs> I, I I don't have any any vitriol for that era or Bill Callahan. I just know it was not good and the Huskers were, you know, not success as successful as we wanted to be at the time. So I, I'm not saying bring him back. Absolutely not. I'm, but I don't look back on it with, with any hard feelings or, or hate. It's just interesting because you wonder if someday – I don't think he's probably ever been back in the state as soon as he was let go here. Um, I don't know if he ever would be. I mean, you usually kind of t- – you know, kind of time uh, heals all wounds is kind of the thought there. And, and I've seen them kind of bring back guys that maybe had their ups and downs at Nebraska or whoever it may – like a Jamal Lord or something. And the, the crowd goes wild and, and appreciates him. Well, at the time, you know, there were people with their different opinions about him. I just don't know if he could do that with Bill Callen. I think if you introduce Bill Callahan on the sideline of a Nebraska game, I don't know if you'd hear an overwhelming cheer for support or maybe some boos because um, some Husker fans will probably still, you know, I mean, when you say what went wrong and kind of even what went wrong with the Scott Frost era, right? It obviously has nothing to do with Bill Callahan, but that was still the start of the downfill. Uh, that was the first move of Nebraska, you know, maybe the, the Solage firing, but, you know, the, the hiring of, of, of Callahan right after that. Um, the first move that made Nebraska eventually feel less special than it was as the Blue Blood, one of the top teams in college football. Was the Ricky Williams Texas beatdown under Callahan or Solich? Um, that would have been under Solich because Ricky okay. Williams was still back in Okay, did like, K-State come in and beat us? down when Callahan was here uh <laughs> Solage as well okay um I think that he actually did pretty well against K-State I don't know if he remembered if he won every year but the big one with him was obviously Sue being able to attack jo- tackle Josh Freeman um was kind of cool specifically Sue or whoever it was you know it was payback for Josh Freeman who he did like you mentioned uh called a prima donna after he he decided to leave Nebraska's uh, recruiting class and go to Kansas State um, so, I mean, he also, he just had some fun. He would, um, they had a close game with Oklahoma, uh, where he called, I, I think their fans, cause they might've been throwing something at Husker players or something that he called them bleeping hillbillies. So, I mean, <laughs> he did the slash the throat gesture in that game as well. I think at the, I'd have to remember, was that the officials or something like that? Um, but altogether, um, Somewhat entertaining while having uh, obviously four losing or four seasons here, only two of them losing seasons. And that 2007 team, I'll always contend, he just lost them because they had a lot of talent on that 2007 team. Uh, obviously, a lot of people would would talk about afterwards. You know, the the teams, you know, the teams that he recruited that that set up Bo early there, the 2008 2009. But even though you know, the, kind of the senior talent there, the Marlon Luckies, the Maurice Purifies, um, you know, they they had a lot of talent there. They just kind of lost it, uh, lost the whole team um and and it was obviously his way out the door but when you look back at his tenure at nebraska he did win the north once you know they did finish 24th in the polls in 2005 the year that he didn't so he kind of had two um pretty successful seasons especially compared to riley and and to and to frost obviously now now riley did have the one year as well where they won nine games and jumped into the top 10 or whatever um but i don't know i i think as 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 
as time moves on, you just look at that Callahan era and think it was a little bit better than some of the other eras that have followed. But, of course, he took over. I mean, he took it over when it was um, supposed to be handed to him as a top 15 type of program. Um, and so it kind of started the, the the downfall, and he went from uh, an option offense to a West Coast offense, which was always going to be difficult. Uh, and then a lot of people would argue that his offense wasn't the problem in the end and that uh, if he didn't stick with this defensive coordinator there, Kevin Cosgrove, um, they might have had something brewing, um, but um, obviously at the time it was not it was not okay to go 500 at Nebraska. It was far worse to miss a bowl game. They did that in the first season. That was kind of seen and forgiven. But by the time 2007 rolled around, uh, you just could not lose that many games. And then Bo Pelini kind of took it from that. And it extended it, right, for seven years where you're going to win nine-plus games. Uh, and you, we just kind of felt like Callahan was the worst hire. How could you possibly hire somebody that was going to go 5-6 and six or 5-7 and seven at Nebraska? That's impossible. We had, we had radio hosts going, my, my mom could win nine games at Nebraska as the head coach. Uh, and obviously since then it's proven to be a little bit more difficult. Uh, well, I think the biggest thing that I take away from reading about the Bill Callahan era is the number of draft picks that he was able to produce as the head coach and recruit into Nebraska. Uh, I think it was uh, Pelini's first year, all Callahan recruits was about six six draft picks, and I don't think I've ever experienced that as successful draft for the Huskers. And at this point, it's kind of a, will a Husker get drafted in the in yeah. the, in in the draft period and so I think he was really good at developing guys into pro prospects and maybe not so uh good at coaching a college football team he was sure as heck good at recruiting um but yeah he, he kind of just lost that team and um obviously didn't have much to do with the defense and then and then the, the other side of it is you know if a guy doesn't move up in the profession he went from there to being one of the best offensive line coaches in the world and in, in the NFL so you could argue whether he went up or down or whatever but as far as head coach um never really got it rolling there and of course in in Oakland he, he took over for John Gruden to begin with um so you know he had the one Super Bowl year and then followed that with the four and 12 year when they let him go so his head coaching um has, has not been the greatest uh, and then even had a chance with Washington in 2019 <laughs> remember as the offensive line coach they gave him kind of the interim head coach there too so that was kind of a, a fun run there but obviously they, they weren't set up for success I don't think he's a head coach I, I think that at the end of the day we all kind of figured that out but uh, certainly one of the better minds as far as the offensive line goes and just offense overall um it just it just didn't work out for whatever reason as most of most hires don't um it just but it really flamed out and I'm just not sure how people will look back on it now that there's been more trouble troubles for what it's worth he went 27 and 22 at Nebraska Riley went 19 and 19 and Frost is currently sitting at 15 and 29 um so he's got some he's got he's got to win what 12 more games to catch up to to Callahan and they've already they've both coached four don't seasons don't talk those numbers so. don't talk those numbers Buck <laughs> So that's that. Uh, that's pretty tough there. Uh, also today, it should be noted, an, an asteroid is going to be passing by Earth. Um, this asteroid was discovered in 1994, uh, so we've been waiting a long time for this day. If you're a big fan of this asteroid, um, but uh, it, it's apparently the closest an asteroid will come uh, of this size uh, to the Earth for the next two centuries, according to NASA projections. You can't see the asteroid from the naked eye, but you should. It should might be visible uh, if you have a telescope or something. Are you at all? interested in this asteroid well i don't own a telescope so i can't go look at it i'm only interested in <laughs> astral bodies if i can see them oh okay that's fair enough i love space though are you a big space fan yeah i'll watch space videos my cat they always have really colorful pictures that are you know 
galaxy type stuff yeah galaxy art and my cat will watch those on the on the uh, projector screen that i have and so he'll just like sit there and on it's a way to calm him down it's, it's, it's been working since he was a kid so <laughs> i'm into the space videos he likes looking at the pictures it works pretty well do you give him some catnip during that maybe that's no i do I, he's not he is not high <laughs> okay <laughs> but he, he's just chilling out well that's yeah. pretty cool um do you believe in aliens i believe that there are <laughs> enough uh I, I can't remember what the the equation is but there's an equation out there that says that there's a basically zero percent chance that there's not at least life outside yeah. of earth so i'm going to say that there's a life outside of earth i don't know if it's green men from mars but yeah i would say there's there's probably microbial life somewhere <laughs> that's what i always think there's a possibility that um you know the aliens we're kind of all scared they'll be a you know high, higher tech because they can get to us we're getting pretty good about the space travel of course there's, there's a lot of ways to uh, a lot more room to grow there but I always kind of think perhaps the aliens are idiots. Maybe they maybe they won't understand, or maybe like you said, they're just kind of microscopic and uh, don't have you know the same potential we do. Maybe we are still the highest form out there, but there could be a uh, some other form of of life beyond Earth. I know that there's some missions that they're planning or trying to get done that will look into some of the moons of uh, the bigger planets in the solar system, and it could end up being that we're not even the only we're not the sole bastion of life in our solar system even because I, I believe uh titan is a it's a ooh, i'm gonna get it wrong but it's jupiter or saturn and yeah. it's a moon of and it's got uh the ingredients for life so it could be there right there in our, our backyard it's kind of odd because some of those planets have like 23 moons yeah why did we only get one well i mean i could <laughs> i could go into why it was uh formed because i've watched multiple videos on that as well but basically uh, the big uh, bang theory here? no uh, uh, another planet when earth was still molten hit earth and it shot a bunch of debris out uh and then it coalesced into our moon and that's why our moon is actually so big for the size of planet that we have because it shouldn't be that big if we were to just catch it as a normal uh normal moon would form and we're not big enough to do rings and that's how those planets get moons so we got hit by another planet it shot a bunch of our material into space and then it collected so our moon, moon is us. made from earth yes Hmm. Very cool stuff. Uh, what? What? What's another you one? Buy, you don't buy it, Bach? Uh No, no. I'm just learning. I'm. I'm excited about it. Um. Did you? Do you believe in the moon landing? Do you think the yes? The I believe in the moon landing. The moon? <laughs> you do well. We went to the moon not because it was easy, but because it was hard, Bach. <laughs> Yeah, but it was a big deal back then, especially, you know, battling the USSR to get there first. We could have just staged something at a production studio and um, said, yeah, we definitely made it. Sure. Yeah. The 2001, the Space Odyssey convinced you of that. <laughs> I'm, it, it, it's a it's a have you seen it's the, a theory that's been out there. Have you seen the full 2001 a Space Odyssey? Huh? OK, I, I would encourage you to watch it just so you can see the ending because it makes absolutely <laughs> no sense. And I've watched the movie. I've watched the movie to completion twice. And I still have no idea. I, and read what the me- ending means and still don't understand what he was going for with the ending. Well, was that Kubrick? I don't know. I, 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 I have no idea what he was going for with that ending. I, I, I There's like a baby floating in space. Not to spoil <laughs> it, but there's like a baby floating in space. It's weird. Well, yeah, that's from like late 60s, right? It's yeah, it's, it's, it, it predates Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, I believe in Star Wars more. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Well, it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So who 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 are we to say that it didn't happen? Yeah, it, 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 who knows what happened? We've uh, 
we're we're just left here to speculate and believe in what other people tell us is pretty much what the best we we can do. Um, I guess the, the the other one that I could ask you about is flat Earth. Any 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 inclination to join Kyrie Irving in some flat Earth discussion? Dusty, Dusty, I'm on the same page as you. I I I am I am a believer in God as well. So I, I'm totally on the same page as you. I'm just telling you what I've learned from my space videos. <laughs> Creation is always uh, definitely a possibility, um, or you know, who knows? Could be a Big Bang. I'm not here to tell you what you believe. I'm just here to ask you and question what you believe, so that you believe in it less. <laughs> no flat Earth conspiracies try- from you, though. Oh, hey, I watch flat Earth videos too. Those are enjoyable. Yeah. They, they can they, the math that they use to try and convince themselves is pretty impressive. <laughs> Yeah, I just it's, it's always kind of the question is if, if are there other because you wonder what you believe beyond the flat Earth, right? Is the are there other planets that are flat as well? Do other planets just not exist? Is it all a government conspiracy? Where does it end? You know, where does it stop? Yeah, I, I mean, this is getting way out from from sports <laughs> sports talk, but well, there's an asteroid here, so we can open it up to all space discussion. Yeah, but it's not even visible to the naked eye. So yeah, but it's it's, it's it's a pointless. Does it have a name? I like to hear asteroid names. Uh, sometimes. Yeah, seven four eight two. Oh, it's just a number. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never mind. There was a really, really weird named asteroid last year. That was it was oblong. It was like a pencil shape, kind of, um, and it was from outside our solar system, Ooh. and it passed closely to the Earth. How do we know that? Because they looked at it, and it, it's, <laughs> um, it the the trail that it was shooting off. They could like figure out what was inside the trail, and it wasn't any materials that are abundant enough in our solar system to have made that asteroid. Hmm. See, see, I, and Milkman says I'm actually enjoying this conversation. Keep it going. Um, see, DP has a theory that you should not talk about things that you're not an expert in. I actually like people talking about things they're not experts in, just to sound how silly they are. At least you know a little bit about this, um, but you're not an expert. Anytime I have a long drive, which is basically every time I go home to Montana, it's space videos. You're a big space guy. I love space. It's incredibly interesting. I never took an astronomy class because it never worked in my schedule, but it's always been something that I've been into. My family's in aviation, so yeah, that's true. flight has always been something that I've been into. And my, my brother, for a long time, wanted to be an astronaut, so just... I guess it runs the fan, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So who, why, oh, why wouldn't I like Star? Who's uh, your favorite uh, Star Wars character? Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Oh, yeah, yeah. they cl- have the new movie coming out, right? They're series. Oh, it's, it's series. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Close second to Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, uh, I'm a salacious crumb guy myself. You know, salacious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the little creature sitting, chilling in the like pod in Jabba's palace. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy. He's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of fun, fun characters there. Have you watched any of the Boba Fett? I, 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 from half the people I say think it's great. Half the people think it's just awful. Well, I had about an hour off the clock between high school basketball games on Saturday. So I pulled up Disney plus on my phone and watched book of Boba Fett for an hour. And what is, what is which side do you land on? You can't think it's okay. It's either awful or pretty good. I'm I'm reserving judgment until we have the entire first season. <laughs> All right, it's, it's, uh, I'm I'm interested on what's going on with this little biker gang. Uh, I don't know how much of you watched. I haven't watched any. Oh, of okay, it. there's a, like a biker gang in it. There's two biker gangs, but Boba has a little biker gang on his team, and it's a, it's interesting. I'm not really sure where they're going with it, um, but I'm I've I've enjoyed I've enjoyed my time watching it, and I haven't said it's been a waste. What was the the one on the uh, the Disney that's that's kind of done well with I can't remember his name the Lil, Lil Yoda yeah Grogu yeah yeah Grogu yeah uh, the Mandalorian I was I I started like that it, like it, it caught my attention and then I just noticed 
and this happens with those series, is they just kind of get into this like little dizzy spell for the episode. You know whatever they're running up against, it's going to last for the episode. And it makes it mostly useless to, to watch like episode after episode of individual little problems they have when I'm trying to follow a whole like plot line, right? So that's where it lost me. I, I was just It's a space western Bach, okay? I know. You have to have something to overcome in the episode that ultimately leads to the overarching theme of the entire plot. So their entire thing was uh uh trying their their big villain is Moff Gideon, but each episode they have Moff Gideon's henchmen that they have to defeat and get past to get to the big final battle in the seventh or eighth or sixth episode. <laughs> yeah, whatever the end is I they, they they vary. I know Boba Fett's got six episodes. I think The Mandalorian had eight. Yeah, but I I, I think it it's excellent, and it's honestly my favorite visual property that Star Wars has ever produced. Yeah, and- as far as like the the, I like the kind of the, I always was a big fan of like the enemies and like the aliens that they could create, and sometimes they would kind of stray away from, especially those early two thousands remakes or whatever, or or the the the, uh, the prequels. Um, they just kind of strayed away from what the original aliens looked like, and they'd kind of throw all these different robots in there and it was it was okay but i like the ones like boba fett and uh in in the other one that you were talking about they they kind of pay homage better i think to the originals well those uh are done uh those are made in the same time frame or well no they're made by the guy that was handpicked by george lucas to carry oh, okay. carry the torch basically and disney didn't let him have as much control over the movies he he had his hand heavily in the clone wars animated series and then the rebel series afterwards uh but Ah, what I, his name escapes me now too. I was not prepared for Star Wars and space <laughs> talk today. Uh, and then he he is now doing the Mandalorian and uh, the Book of Boba Fett, and so he he was there with George Lucas when he was making the prequels, and so he's been right there with the the, the guy who created Star Wars, who made up all of it. So he, he, I think it's the perfect guy to carry it on, and I think he's doing an excellent job, and that's why. I think I enjoy the Mandalorian so much. Yeah, it's it's cool to see it, them kind of get back to the roots, and um, obviously with a lot of those original films, it wasn't expected to be a big hit, and then just really obviously took off uh, for decades and generations for of people, and now they're adding a lot onto it, so it's pretty cool. Uh, um, this is a this is a sports. Yeah, I was talk say show. unnamed texture. I thought so as well. That's what I <laughs> that's what I put my headphones on expecting. This is a sports talk show, but to be honest. Um, we were we we're kind of blowing off some time. It's I like the first segment usually just to kind of talk about what's going on. And there's an asteroid coming by, so we diverged a little bit from the sports talk. But we'll jump right back to it. If you're a Husker fan, kind of wondering about all these additions Nebraska's had over the last couple of days, we got a perfect guy to answer those questions for you. Brian Munson uh, will be joining us here in just a few minutes. Uh, in fact, next we'll get to Brian Munson, and we can run down a lot of the questions. Of course, uh, Chuba Purdy being kind of the biggest one um, of the additions. The, but of course, they also have. Anthony Grant. So we're kind of going to get, could be the future backfield right there. So a lot of questions to go over with Brian Munson. He's up next here on the Ticket Water Cooler on On the Block with Stricken Buck. <laughs> 